Welcome to Awaken the Sleeping Lions, the podcast for revolutionary men. I am your host, Silver Storic. The world is ready to hear you roar. Let's set the world on fire. Welcome, dear brothers. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Sleeping Lions. If you've been guided here today, it's for a divine reason. So get yourself comfortable, tune in and soak up the the vibrations and the frequency of this conscious conversation that I am about to sit down to with my dear, dear friend, Rory Callahan. How are you, brother? I'm going well, Silva. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to diving in with you today. And, and for the listeners out there, you know, Rory is leading this self-care revolution. This is his passion, and I'm looking forward to diving in and and letting him share more about that because he's really he's really about creating global blue zone communities. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, Rory, is because you are so big on health and lifestyle. And I think this conversation is going to be so, so useful for the brothers listening today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Silver. And and just to clarify as well, you know, like I've I've been, been a health professional, I've I've been an athlete, I've, I've been an entrepreneur, I've traveled, I've, I've surfed, you know, I've I've grown up with a single mom. Um, you know, like I've I've had a lot of different experiences in my young life and and the whole health and lifestyle thing is is just about you know finding your own path and, and it's not this thing where you have to you know be perfect or, or do everything in a certain way and you know have that green juice every morning and and you know exercise for like three hours a day it's it's, it's not about that it's about really just finding what really nourishes your body and just reminding people so like especially the lads out there just reminding them that they've never needed to be fixed like mentally, mm. physically, and it's like if we can find, you know, just little things that we can do each day to nourish our body and find ways to navigate things, emotions, uh, especially, you know, maybe thoughts, maybe lifestyles that uh, do not enable us to, to feel that, then we can, we can have a conversation about that and change some things. And this is where I think a lot of the men out there, especially if, if, if if we really figure this out, it becomes really simple. And, you know, we can have that smoothie bowl in the morning and we can have a beer with our mates at night. And uh, and at the end of the day, we're all dying. It's just healthy, healthier people are just dying a bit more slowly, right? So we get to kind of choose how long we stick around for in a sense and also be open to the world and whatever happens and, and kind of enjoy the journey along the way. So, so I just want to give some context um, to any of the gents that are listening that, this isn't one of those uh, health conversations or lifestyle <laughs> conversations where, you know, you have to be perfect or you have to, you know, run a specific regimen that I'm not doing. I just want to help people live their ideal lifestyle and find some habits and rituals that, you know, really support that journey. Thank you for sharing that context. It's, it's really important. And it's one of the things that I've, I've witnessed in you as well. You, you are able to have a beer and also yeah be out there surfing and also look after your your body and it's not like you have a a, a regime or a regimen around that you just you you free flow with it you have fun it's it's loose and yeah you play with it so how, how about starting with with uh, your journey rory i mean what what set you off on this this path of of health and lifestyle yeah it's a, it's an interesting one but um yeah for those that don't know me I, I grew up in Fremantle in western australia um 
I've got uh, my mum. She's you know Scottish Irish background. They kind of they're they're convicts, immigrants to to Australia way back when. Um, ended up in Melbourne, and um, a lot of my family grew up in in Collingwood, which is kind of like the slums at the time. Uh, it's now a very wealthy suburb these days, but it um, yeah, it was a lot of hardship back then. Uh, and my dad was again another immigrant, uh, German background, and uh, my family moved to South Australia um, after the Second World War, and they they uh, ended up, I guess, uh, settling in in country Adelaide. And um, so, basically, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant to Australia, but I'm Australian. I think everyone in Australia is an immigrant, right? And this is there's this what there's such an amazing cultural diversity there and um and long story short is uh my mum and my dad met in Fremantle in western australia one of the most isolated cities in the world and they had me um i ended up growing up with uh with just my mum because my dad had some mental health issues um you know there was some stuff there that he couldn't reconcile or didn't have the support to to get through so we ended up growing uh growing up homeless in the streets where i grew up um which was challenging for a young kid to you know go to school and, and see your dad kind of on the streets you know and mm-hmm. and literally walk past him with your friends in the morning and uh, have moments where you can go over and say hello or you can walk on by and pretend like it doesn't exist and um there were little moments like that that you know i'd stop and, and say hello and and kind of check in on him and see how he is but that taught me something about this whole health and lifestyle thing is, is you can't help people that don't want to help themselves but it taught me a lot of compassion a lot of empathy um, and I saw the way the community cared for him and it made me realise that health and well-being is, is more than about the individual, it's about the community. Um, and that was just something, that was a seed that got planted. And then I grew up with my single mum who, who taught me unconditional love. Um, you know, she was working long hours for minimal pay just to make sure that me and my brother had every opportunity in life. And um, I thought she was serving from an empty cup. You know, I really did. I, think, I thought she was going without and... You know, I thought it was uh, the saviour complex or, or whatever it was. But, you know, she just, she'd travelled the world. She'd been there host, host for 20, 30 years. And she took me around the world when I was 13 after we paid uh, paid off the, the house, the, the mortgage on her house. And, um, and, you know, she really showed me what is possible in this life and showed me that life is more than more than money and it's more than job and status and, and all this type of stuff. But she also made sure that I had, every opportunity to, if I had a dream or, or a vision or something that I'd scripted, she would support it in a way um, that, you know, that she could. And uh, I think that was really, really beautiful. So I had this, you know, that's kind of like my upbringing. I had this mum that I thought had an empty cup. I had a dad that didn't know how to save himself, uh, didn't want help, uh, even though it was all there in plain sight. And I realised that, you know, my um, my mum was serving from overpool every day. She had unconditional love unconditional love you know and it was uh that was a massive revelation for me later in life because you know she's 77 now and you know she's lived a great life she's had some hardship too but the the amount of love she has for people in the world i'm like if you get to 70 or 80 and you've you've got that level of love and compassion in your heart you must have had a pretty cool experience you know and um so it made me made me think about you know this health and lifestyle thing in a completely different way um and then when i was younger i started uh, getting curious about being an athlete so i played australian football i uh, got as far as i could go with that and um missed out on on you know playing at the higher levels at about 17 18 i just didn't have the support and guidance that that i needed to to go to that level ended up getting stress fractures in my back and which is basically like a crack in your spine um and i spent well mum spent two years paying for people to try and you know fix this stress fracture um, you know, all different modalities, physical, uh, professionals, doctors, sports doctors, um, naturopaths, woo-woo doctors, everything in between, right? We, we spent, you know, thousands of dollars that she didn't have. You know, she was probably making 30 grand a year. We probably spent five grand trying to fix this problem for me so that I had the opportunity to play football at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I saw, I saw, you know, someone willing to do anything to find a solution and people willing to take the money and that were high on maybe maybe willful ignorance i don't know if that's a word 
um, and we're willing to sell a solution but not give the actual solution because as a kid, I still had back pain and I was still, you know, I was still running around. Like I, I still couldn't bring my dreams into reality. So then that was something interesting. So I, I missed that shot at like 18, 19 and it sparked a bit of curiosity and I, I finished finished high school and mum asked me at that time, she's like, what, like, you know, what do you want to be? Like, what do you want to do at university? And, and I just remember she sat down and said, what makes you happy? The John Lennon question. It was like, what makes you happy? And I was like, I'm, like I thought I want to be a lawyer, a doctor and all this stuff. And, and she kind of sat down and asked me the hard question. She's like, really? She's like, do you actually want to do that? She's like, I work with engineers. Like, you know, are they ever home? I was like, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like they're out on the on the rigs for like, you know, weeks at a time and all this type of stuff. And it's like, lawyer, like, do you, would you enjoy reading like hours of papers every day and, and all that type of stuff? And I was like, I can't even, uh, I can't even read like three pages of the book sometimes, let alone that. She's like, well, maybe that's not for you then. And I was like, yeah, but that's how I'm going to make money and save the family. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's not a, she's like, she's like, well, it's not about that. She's like, you need to do what makes you happy. And I sat back and, um, I was curious about the human body. I loved the way it performs. Uh, like my curiosity from being an athlete, it was like I wanted to figure out how to how to perform better. I wanted to figure out how those little injuries work, like why my knee was sore, why my back was sore. So then I, I went to UWA and did sports science, and that was a beautiful degree. Um, got offered honours, but decided to do a master's in physio after that and uh, go a little bit deeper and then came out of that uh, space silver and um, – I was, I was kind of banging my head up against the wall because I knew that what we were being taught in a Western methodology was, was, was good, but it was missing, missing the person. I was, I was taught to diagnose and treat a bundle of symptoms. And right. it wasn't until there were a couple of, there were a couple of professors and, and people that came in that had 40, 50 years of experience and, you know, some of them were on their last legs, like literally. Like one of my professors passed away recently, but he kind of said, he's like, he was like, you know, when dealing with pain, it's like you, you've got to treat the whole person within the context of their, their environment, their, their lifestyle, their experiences, their traumas. It's not just something that you can kill with opioids. It's that you've got to treat the person, you know, and, and figure out what this emotion is for them. And then I had other guys who were talking about the physical body and it was like, yeah, it's like, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Like you've got to, you've got to like train the movement, you know, train, train the movement, not these individual muscles and all this type of stuff. So my curiosity came from, from that and, and meeting people like that. And then just having experiences, I guess, over the last five or six years where I've worked with professional athletes, I've helped people, you know, do detoxes, I've helped. Uh, people live their ideal lifestyles. I've got entrepreneurs in Bali, you know, bring their ideas into motion. And it's just been a journey, Silva. So it's, I don't know if there's anything else you want to go into that, but that's that's basically what's got me to, to here where I'm now in Bali. And I, I live my ideal day every day. Uh, every cent I make, I put into passion projects and serving and connecting and, and being able to show up for things like this. So, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, thank you for sharing that that story. I think it's a, a story that many men will be able to relate to. And yeah, I just I just love how how you've really taken the the good from the experience and and really how it's 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 given you the the value of of connection and community, which I I know are really really important to you i think it's that's that's what's what's come coming through the most as well as your mum just operating from that place of of overflow mm. and always always you know looking out for the best for people and that's something that i i see in you as well and and it, it really appears to be the catalyst for this self-care revolution that you've that you've taken on can you tell us more about the self-care revolution? <laughs> I understand that, uh, yeah, when, when I was writing the book, um, there was a moment, and you've, you've worked with people like Paul Dunsilver and about yeah. these really heart-centered souls, but I remember the question was why? You know, like why, why, why are you building this 
platform for, for lifestyle medicine and, and why is self-care as a foundation for healthcare so important to you? And, and uh, I sat with it for so long and like rationally, I was like, you know, I write all the right answers. And, and there was this one, one day where I like, I kind of like burst into tears and I was, it was like, and, and dudes like crying's okay. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a perfectly normal emotion. Um, vulnerability, strength, not weakness, right? And um, and it was it was like you know you know you found your why when you when you cry, like because it, it's an emotion, it's something that you know like you have all these vision boards and stuff, but it's like that doesn't get you out of bed in the morning. This feeling and emotion did, and uh, what it was was um, was I realized that I missed a part of my story when I was a health professional at twenty six. Uh, I worked hundred hours a week in the service of others and, uh, you know, worked with all these young athletes to make sure that they didn't end up having stress fractures and missing their opportunities like I did when I was 18. I was so driven for that. But because I was so driven, like my mum was so driven to make sure me and my brother had every opportunity, I burnt out and I, I, I lost my health, I lost my happiness, I lost my sense of connection. Um, and I realised that after I went on this, like, two-year journey where things changed, and I, and I realized that my doctors were overweight. My, my cardiologist was putting me on blood pressure monitors, but he was not very healthy either. And so self-care became a journey of these 12 medicines and basically finding what, what really promotes good health and well-being in any person, any context, any environment. And most of it's free, which is, which is crazy, you know. And... Um, and when I went through that journey and, and went through all these things and sat back with why I was doing this after I'd done it for myself, it's, it's because I realized one day that, like, I got my health back. I was lucky. I was lucky. I, I felt harmony again. I felt normal again, like actual normal, you know, like get up out of bed with energy, can run, can surf for as long as I want without restriction, mentally, emotionally, you know, it was clear. And... Um, and I remember there was this moment where I had this image of like me standing on the side of uh, on the side of this rabbit hole, like Alice in Wonderland, right? And um, just realizing that I'd been down there for like five years without even realizing it, just going around in circles and going deeper and deeper and spiraling downwards. And like being on the surface and having my feet planted was kind of like normal, you know what I mean? That was like grounded. Mm -hmm. It was like back to center. And um, and I remember just like looking down this this rabbit hole, and it was like I saw my I saw my mum down there, I saw my brother down there, I saw my friends, my family, and and I knew the stats, you know, I knew, I knew seven in ten people were living with one or more one one to five chronic preventable diseases. I knew that the Western methodology had been founded on a, on a chemical company after the 1900s, you know, after the first and second world war, when you know people realised that a lot of these chemicals could be disinfectants, you know, not heal and regenerate the body. They could, they're products that could be used and sold. Um, and then that's where like a lot of the, the natural methodologies kind of got disappeared basically because these chemicals and these products became patented and then it became a business. And then slowly the world became more industrialized and, and I could see all this stuff silver. And it was just like, when I saw that, it was just, I realized that the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm writing the book for my mom. But I'm not just writing the book for my mom. I'm writing it for your mom. I'm writing it for someone else's mom. And they're going to have kids too. They're going to have little kids like you and me. And, you know, ultimately it's like there was this article that was like obese parents have obese kids. It must be genetic. And it's like, No. <laughs> It's like definitely not. It's like the kids are literally just eating what the parents eat and put on the table every day. You know, it's that 1% a day type stuff. Like obesity isn't genetic. You know, Jesus, like it's our body is, is, is meant to operate in this sense of like health and harmony, but it's like we've been taught to normalize that chemical food is normal. We've been taught to normalize that chemical medicine is normal. And it's like our body's sitting there and it's like it's going like, yo, like, it's, it's like oxygen, you know, like it's you know, water. It's like there's 25 basic elements, carbon, hydrogen, 
um, oxygen, which is like the chinops is like the key building blocks for life. And guess what? They're found in plants and in soil. And it's like these 25 elements are the, the main elements that make up our body. But we've been taught that all these other things like mercury and, and even in small doses, kind of like okay to be in our body. And then we're wondering why we, we have these like endocrine disrupting issues and mental health issues and autoimmune issues and chronic fatigue and chronic inflammation issues. Because it's like our body's not meant to operate like that. So it's like the why of self-care is, is one, I had, to, I had to do it for myself and then learn the 12 medicines and then put it into a framework that I could share with someone like my mum. So then it becomes a framework for the rabbit hole. And the, the thing is, is like, I realize that there's people like my dad down there. There's ladders, there's people reaching down, there's ropes, there's helicopters, man. There's like, there's, there's ways of, you know, getting out of that, but you've got to choose to do it for yourself. And it needs to become a point in your life where you decide that, you know, it's just, you want to feel normal again and you're sick of feeling sick uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. And you ask for support. Or you like reach up and grab the hand that's always been there. You climb that ladder or, and you just start going 1% a day. You know, if people just focus on the, the power of small each day, just one little thing, drink some more water, man, take out the beer, you know, take out the coffee, like write some gratitudes in the morning, go for a walk at the beach with your wife, like, you know, listen to a podcast like this with, with conscious souls like Silver and just change one thought, you know, get above the line and, and just start to really, you know, like, just create a different reality for yourself. And, and if you do just 1% a day, by the end of the day, it'll be 37x further ahead than where you were if you did nothing. And that's a beautiful quote from James Fear and Atomic Habits. So, yeah, so that's 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 the, the depth of it um, and why it's here. But I don't know, do you want me to go into it in more detail or, or what would you like to explore, man? Just be intuitive. Well, I think, again, it's something that a lot of men will be able to relate to, you know, being at the bottom of that rabbit hole and yeah. and that being the normal. I think that's, that's the most profound realization. And when we realize that we're there and something's wrong, it's like, how, how do we get out of that, that rabbit hole? Because it's dark in there, we're, we're not functioning right, you know, we're lethargic, we're, we're struggling to get out of bed, we don't want to do everything the same as we did it yesterday, and, and that's where the depression sets in, and the stress and the, and the anxiety. And what, what I hear you say, Rory, is just like doing one thing, even just one thing a day that's differently. Even, even if it's having one cup less of coffee or if it's saying no to the donut or whatever it is. I mean, what, what else would you encourage the men out there who, who, who perhaps feel like they're in that dark hole right now? What would you encourage them to, to do first? What's, what's, what's going to be the tripwire for them that's just really going to make the biggest difference? Mm. So I'm just I'm just really sitting with the world right now, Silver, and um, you know we're coming to the end of a pandemic. Uh, I think a big challenge for a lot of men is you know the, a lot of isolation, a lot of disconnection. Um, one in ten people having mental health issues, suicide is the leading cause of death for males under under 35. Um, so I'm seeing all of this, you know, like I'm seeing my buddies. Like I've lost a couple of mates already in the last. In the last year, just to, to suicide. And these are these are strong freaking men. And these are guys I played football with when I was younger. They were the alpha males of the team, you know. Jeez. And uh, and all that happened is the their businesses were doing well, and then the stress and the financial stress associated with the environment that's been created by whatever puppeteers, puppeteers are going to be held accountable for this one day or the, or the darkness, or the shadows or the things that we're trying to wake up to. Um, to see that that was enough financial, like money that was in, and, and the stress of what that represented for him and his family and his inability to, or their inability to like feel valuable or worthy because they feel like a failure if their business fails and they can't support their family. Like, 
and then the only the only thing left to do is is to take your own life because it seems like that's an easier way out than to to rise up and be courageous and overcome the fear and work together and ask for support so that gives me tingles so i'm gonna i'm gonna run with that so i think the thing is right now is we are all experiencing pain in the same way on a different day we are all ex experiencing these emotions what's happening in the world is happening to us all not to us individually and the only way that we we can get through this silver is through connection and community. The only way that we can rise up and overcome the fear that's in the media every single day, um, the narrative that's being scripted for us is to script our own narrative, is to wake up each day, is to cast a positive future vision for yourself and for your kids and for your family and write it down, like even send yourself voice messages. Just imagine it, guys, in the way to work. It doesn't matter. Like just... Start being hopeful for something different and then start asking for support and then find a, a like-minded group of, of men that operate above the line. They have peace, they have love, they have forgiveness, they have gratitude, man. You know, they're not the ones who are living in, in victimhood and, and fear and, and all that type of stuff. And it's like once you find that little crew around you that gives you permission to, to really speak into all the emotions. You know, I've got men's groups here in Bali um, you know, Silver and I have been to those and Silver's hosted them as well. And even just once a week, these spaces to just be around like-minded, conscious and emotionally intelligent men will just allow you to be a better version of yourself. And, and no matter what freaking happens, you can go home and, and be a dad, you can be a son, you can be a brother, and you can know that you can get through any challenge no matter what, no matter what. You know, like even if you can get on this podcast, you're part of the 20% of the world, man, that can has a phone or a computer and, or even has access to the, the internet. Like I need us all to see that. Like life is not that hard right now. It, it is in the context of our own lives. You know, I've been through a breakup in the last three months. I've uh, had to put one of my businesses into voluntary liquidation. At the same time, I've also launched a, a book and a platform. I've made a lot of money in the decentralized investment space. So it's like these challenges are happening to all of us. But amongst all of that, I was like, where's the opportunity in the chaos? Where's the opportunity for growth? You know, I got took to the, taken to the depths of my character, man, when I, when I went through this breakup, Silver, and, and it taught me unconditional love, man. It taught me... Mm -hmm. It brought me to the things that I was seeking from external sources or, or validation or things that I thought I wanted. I just I could give it to myself. I used the tools and within two days I found this sense of inner peace and bliss, man. And then I came back to the world and I just said, well, I'm just going to treat this person the way that I would hope to be treated. And I have like, I'm going to set boundaries. And I'm, I'm just going to like get into my health and masculine. And, you know, we went and bought a piece of land in the mental eyes, you know, lifestyle, right? Um, yeah. with the buddies, you know, I finished off a project, Healthy Masculine, and I came back and I'm sitting in Divine Feminine and just holding space for the fire and for the journey of someone else without feeling like it needs to be my journey too. And then in that creative space, then I met someone else, you know, three or four months later and, and just a connection that, that I had. And it wasn't about jumping into another relationship. It was just about the chaos and the pain and the potential trauma of life if you can navigate it and find your center and be around good people and, and stay in a healthy mask and things, things that you love and fall back in your divine feminine and, and feel the emotions just flow through you without suppressing them, then all of a sudden the universe opens door, open doors for things that you've, it's always been trying to give you. But you need a disruption sometimes. The world has had a massive freaking disruption. Future generations will hopefully be better for it. A lot of us have had these micro positive disruptions. And I think that it's trying to take us back to our, to our alignment and back to our heart and back to community, back to connection, back to away from isolation and disconnection. Like that is not the solution to anything. It's the worst thing you can do to a human being, let alone an animal. Cage him in a house and disconnect them from the world for 18 months and then add in some stress and take away the resources and, and then add in fear and tell them that, you know, it, they should be afraid to go outside into fresh air and oxygen and nature. They should be afraid to go see their sick parent at a hospital when they're on their deathbed. They should be afraid to hug a loved one. Like if people can't see that 
there is a darkness, there is a script that is not here to serve us. If you can't see that, then you're going to be part of the problem for a while and that's going to be the reason why you stay in the darkness too. And it's like this Plato's allegory of the cave. You know, if you haven't read that, please go read it. It's like we're in this in this cave chained to a wall, but the chains are free. The, the chains are open. Mm. You have the ability to walk out any single time, but you're sitting watching these shadows in the wall from, from these puppeteers that are creating an illusion of what your life should be. And at any moment, you can you can you can realize the shackles are are uncuffed. And there's going to be people. There's going to be light workers that walk into that cave every now and again and just shine a little bit of light and shine a little bit of light on on, on where the the exit is. And they're gonna they're gonna show you, and you're not gonna see it until you're ready. You're not gonna step until you're ready. But the, those cuffs have always been free. So just look for the light in your life. You know, find those people. You know, like you said before, Silver, it's like a little darkness, but, you know, there's just that little glimmer of light. You know, there's, there's people like you and me that just show up and, and we, we share messages like this. We share that inspiration. We remind people that they need to be fixed. And we, we show up just to support and to give and, and share and circulate and remind people that community and connection is what it's all about. And then we can show them the way, but we can't make them walk the way. And we can come and stay in that cave for the rest of our life. And just there are some very powerful souls that actually do that. They just be the light. They transcend all, all, all physical world, you know, um, desires. And they literally just, they dedicate their life to being the light. Mahatma Gandhi, you know, there's, you know, Mother Teresa, there's people like that. And they're just, they're just illuminating all the time. And all we need to do is just be that little glimmer of light for people right now. Silver, and just keep doing that. And whoever's listening, one of the dudes, you can be that for your family, for your wife, for your kid. Be that reason someone smiles today. Like, go smile, the world smiles back at you. Even if you're having a shit day, do something nice for someone, a random act of kindness. No, tell me how it makes you feel, you know, to come back to, to what makes us human, you know. And, uh, and if you, you know, at the same time, if you're so busy caring about other people, just make sure that you love and, and care for yourself as, as much as you care for others because ultimately it's like... You can't serve from an empty vessel. You know, if you want to be a good dad, you want to be a good husband, then make sure that, you know, you're putting your own oxygen mask on first. That's the way that you serve your family. That's the way that you look after them. And if you're in a tough spot, asking for help is courage. It's vulnerability. You know, there's people that you've helped that will more than happily reach out and support you. So, yeah, I don't know where that download came from, Silver, but that's what kind of felt right, mate. Wow. There was so much gold in there for the brothers listening. So much gold. I really want you to, to all listen back to this section because, yeah, it really, really all comes back to not doing it alone. And, and that's, that's where many of us men fall down. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to work it all out in our heads and we're, we're doing it alone. We're isolating. We're feeling the pressure. We want to be the protector. We want to be the provider. And if if that's falling apart, then you know we keep it to ourselves because it's it's mm. shameful. It's embarrassing. We don't want to share that with anyone. And that's what that's what constricts us and and makes us you know want to end it. And I've 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 been in that situation myself, and I'm sure many of the guys listening have where. I just want it to stop. Mm. And, and in th- those moments, I've realized why men take their own lives because it's a yeah. living hell when you're, when you're doing it on your own, right? Whereas yeah. if, if, you, if you reach out, guys, like Rory's saying, you know, reach out and share, share what, what you're really going through, share the emotions and the feelings and have that network of men around you that you can meet in person. If you if you don't have a men's group near you, then start one. Get some of your buddies together and just just start with one man, two men, three men, and just come together and just share what's really up, what's really going down. And when you support each other in community, then then it is a problem shared and it's, it's way less of a burden and there's help there, right? When we share Rory. hundred percent. So, uh, and the thing is, is like our mind is amazing at making small problems seem bigger than what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, 
like perspective silver i think is is something that we all need compassion empathy is something that we all need we need it for ourselves like like i've been living in indonesia and i i, I know the stats you know what i mean it's like 80% of the world lives on less than $10 a day, you know? And um, I, I see a lot of people who are born into opportunity feel guilty for that and feel like they should be doing more. But then also they suppress the fact that they've been given this, this chance at life, man. You know, like to to really do and, and be something. And there's this interesting paradox I see is the inability for us to see what is beautiful in the world, the inability to, to have those moments of, of gratitude with the small things, you know, to like to look at your son or your daughter and, and, and let that be enough. Mm. Like who cares about the bank account? Who cares about your boss or your job or your status or, or any of that stuff? Like, at the end of days, no one, no one cares. Like if, if, you know, you get fired from your job, they'll replace you within a week, unless it's something that you're really passionate about. Right. And there's no reason why you can't do something you're passionate about, but it's, I, I just, there's something silver where we need a, we need a shift man. And, and just come back to this, this deep, deep, deep self-realization that, there's so much love and there's so much opportunity and there's so much abundance available in the world and abundance is in a smile, you know, like seeing my nieces and just knowing that they're well, it's more than enough for me to know that I'm part of that. It's more than enough for me. And then it's like from that place, then I can operate above the line. I can go out today and I'll, I'll probably smile and do a small random act of kindness for, for someone in this community. Like I, I, I went down to the park with the kids the other day and, you know, I remember when my dad bought me this toy, I'm standing there and I've got 10 bucks in my pocket and the three kids looking at these toys and I was on my skateboard, I just cruised straight past and just something in my heart just made me go back silver and it's like, I can't rationalize it. And I was having a, I was having a terrible day. I was dealing with some stuff, you know, not a terrible day, but it was contextually, there was like some, some energy there, right? I turned around and I came back and these three little kids were like looking at these toys and I asked how much they were. And they were like $3 each or something. And then I, I talked to the parents, talked to the kids, got to know their names. It was, it was just a beautiful moment. And then I just I bought these toys for the kids. And it was just like, and then I literally just got on with my day. Didn't even think about it. Mm. And, and it was like, but that moment shifted the entire freaking energy of the day. And it was just a random gesture. And it's like, you know, I could have gone down to the beach and meditated and, you know, talked to my emotional mentor about why I'm feeling certain feelings. Um, you know, I could have put all my energy into, you know, bringing the self-care product to light and building my tech platforms and all that type of stuff or making more money or, or blah, blah, blah. But it's like the thing that made me feel the best was being able to see that, to being able to feel that, and then just coming back to the simplicity of the heart and just doing something without expecting anything in return and just treating people the way that I would hope to be treated. And it was like, that was like, that was it, you know? That was kind of the solution for, for all of the stuff that I was thinking and feeling that day, which is weird when you think about it, right? So simple, right? So simple that we we rarely see those opportunities, you know, and we're stuck in our heads trying to work it all out as opposed to being in our hearts. We don't see those opportunities to give and to contribute each day. Yeah, and this is and this is a call out for the men that are listening to this and they're like, well, you know, not everyone's you know dealing with this stuff. Like some people are really kicking ass. And, like, I've been that guy multiple times where I'm absolutely kicking ass and I'm the light and I attract a lot of needy people. I attract a lot of abundant people. I attract a lot of people that need to be supported. And, and I'm happy to serve from overflow when I'm in that space. I'm also happy to, 
to, you know, fill my own cup and, and manage my boundaries and, and to make sure that, you know, I'm not getting drained as well, which is another beautiful thing for dudes, but, uh, and, and for anyone else as well. But for any guys that are doing really well, doing really well right now, you know, maybe you've made a shit ton of money in the crypto space. Maybe you've got a business that's kicking ass because it's been online or whatever, or maybe you're just mentally, emotionally, and physically really good. My call to you, my call out to you, is to, is to look at yourself in the mirror and be thankful for that, number one, and to, to thank yourself and appreciate yourself for getting there because you figured something out else out. But there have been people in my life when I've been in a low space, and I've been this person for others too, where I see a buddy isolating and disconnecting. I see them disappearing, and I see the reactivity, I see their character change, and I see things happening. And rather than judging them, you know, rock up on their door and, and, and just check in on them and see how they are. Ask to take them, like maybe rock up at six or seven and be like, hey, man, we're going to go for a surf. He'll be like, nah, I'm all good. Thanks, though. So you rock up again the next day. He's like, nah, too tired, man. Blah, blah, blah. Every excuse under the sun. So you rock up, rock up again the next day and you know that this person is not in a good space. It's people in your environment right now, and it might even be yourself, where you just know that they're, they're pulling back, they're isolating, they're disconnecting, the character's changing a little bit, they're probably drinking a little bit more, maybe they're going into those old habits they know don't serve them. Um, maybe they're suppressing a lot of things, maybe they're lying and you, you're starting to see little things. And rather than judging them, you rock up again the third day, they say no. Uh, I don't want to go for a surf, but you know this person loves surf. You know whatever that metaphor is for you. You know they love going for a walk nation. You know that they love doing that thing. They always feel better when they do it. So you drag that person out of bed. You take them down the beach. You put the boards in the back of the, the car and you take them down for a surf. And even just by getting to the beach, you've already, you've already done something special. And you've been able to do something for someone else that you will never know what ripple effect of change that has. I've had people in my life that I've seen do this and I've done this for others in, in many ways. And people have called them five years later and said, you know, hey, Silver, you saved my life that day. And all they did was just showed up. They showed up, man. So there's an opportunity for, for the men that are doing well or are in a position to serve to just show up for one of your buddies, someone in your proximity, we're all product of the five people that we, we spend the most time with. Just be that little bit of light for someone's darkness. Be that person that walks into the cave once, twice, three times, and eventually just walk them out. But also understand that you're not there to save people either. My dad, no one could save him. He needs to make a decision for himself. But just let these people know that the community and the support and the connection is there. If there's a men shed, if there's something that you can create, go for it. I created a Zoom chat with... 10 of my buddies at the start of the pandemic and we just called it the brotherhood and we, we just caught up and just talked about stuff all from all over the world you know we we had to play around with different formats and eventually we just ended up chatting and talking about whatever was real for us and that was it and that was our little men's group we zoom chat once a week 7 30 and it worked and i still remember half of those conversations so whatever it is guys it's like there's a call to courage right now 10 seconds of fear overcomes any, 10 seconds of courage overcomes any fear. So it's like whatever is keeping you stuck below the line, just always remember that. And there's always like one connection, one community, one phone call away from, from like finding the solution that you're seeking. So don't be too fearful to ask for support as well. I think that might be the first step for a lot of us. Putting that pride aside, Silver, and saying that we're not okay. Indeed, indeed. And that takes a lot of courage for, for us to say that we're not okay. Mm. It really does. It's yeah. such, a, such a powerful message to, to look out for, for the men in our community. As Rory says, if you see them drifting off or, or distancing themselves or you can sense something's up, then really yeah, really reach out to them and make an effort and just keep showing up for them. And yeah, 
likewise if if you feel like you're drifting away then just call call a brother call a friend reach out to rory and i and just say hey you know i'm not feeling so great or just just share what's up so yeah there's there's so much so much gold in your in your message brother i'm so happy that you're here today just sharing sharing from your heart you've got such a big heart and i know that's what that's what really drives your your mission and and everything that you're up to and it's one of the things i admire about you is you always show up with that big heart of yours appreciate it silva and uh there's a reflection for you there, mate, as well. Like you're attracting who you are. And uh, for anyone that hasn't met Silver or is just tuning into this, he's uh, when he says just message or call, he means it. You know what I mean? It's uh, so it's, I think there's just something special, even in this little connection, Silver, that, you know, we're two of many men like us in the world. And um, if this inspires anyone out there to, to put themselves first for a little while and to really take responsibility for themselves and their own energy and their vibe, then we've done our job. Even if they just do one small thing different, if it encourages someone to, to reach out for support or to ask for support, then we've done our job. If there's a strong, strong, vulnerable, honest man with some resources and abundance that's listening, that's in a position to help and he reaches out and, he creates a men's group or he helps other people or, you know, and you don't need all of that to create a men's show. You can, you can do it just with time, right? But if there's people out there and, and they make that change because of listening to this, then you've already had an impact, my friend. And, um, and I just want to thank you for showing up. It's, uh, it's, it's been such a cool ride, man, to connect with you along the way. And, you know, there's been so many cool moments that, you know, seeing you do that speech where you, you got up and, you just put your hand in your, on your heart in front of a room of hundreds of people and you literally just said nothing because it wasn't about talking. <laughs> and then everybody said that was the best speech of the day and there were no words shared. And I think there's something special in that, Silver, and something special in what you do and, and what you're creating here, man. So just stoked to be part of it. Thank you, brother. Likewise, it just it makes the journey so much more enjoyable when we have dear, dear brothers at our side. You know, even if we don't stay in contact consistently, like all the time. You know, when we do connect, like once every three to six months, it's it's all still there, and we have these these deep and meaningful conversations about life and. And the world and and what we're up to and every time i have these conversations i just get more and more juiced up it just it keeps keeps me going to have this this heart coherence and this is what we're creating guys we're creating this heart coherence we're joining all our hearts together so that it is easier to show up so during those times where we feel down we've got a brother there who's who's ready to shine the light for us as we did for them to light the path, to lift us up, who's going to drag us out of bed and get us onto the beach and onto our surfboard, even if it's the last thing we want to do, or drag us along to the men's group, even when that's, yeah, the last thing on his mind. He just wants to curl up in a ball and hide in the dark. You know, that's what we're up to. And that's what you are part of now. Every single man who's listening to this right now, you are that beacon of light for all the, the men and women and children out there. So shine brightly and yeah, just keep showing up. And it's the simple things, as, as Rory says, just be grateful for the simple things, connect, be in community and yeah, be in your heart. And when you see an opportunity to give something to somebody unconditionally, do it. Do it. Any closing words from you, Rory? Man, you just said it keeps us going. It keeps us going. It's like that one gesture, that one act, that one phone call, that one smile, it keeps us going. Like I just had that like over and over in my head. And it's like, I think ultimately, like, 
you know, all we need in our life is two people to confide in and a proximity, proximity of five people that, you know, share similar visions and values. And a lot of the time it becomes our family and friends and the people already closest to us, you know, and um, I just think the concept of it keeps us going is if you ever find a reason to not keep going or to feel like you're stuck, then be the reason that you help someone else keep going. Be the reason that, you know, like we realise that it's, we are the things that keep each other going, you know, keep moving forward, keep operating from a certain space, you know, and if you see people stagnating or falling down that rabbit hole, you know, you can be that person that reaches down to lift them up. You can be that person that walks into the cave with a little bit of light. You can be the reason that someone keeps going today. And it's uh, that's been such a big mantra for me this year, Silver, is just to, is is just to be the reason that someone smiles, you know, to treat people the way I want to be treated or could only hope to be treated and to make sure that, I, like, I just focus on any interaction I have. I'm just, like, just noticing how that person feels after they meet me and noticing what I attract into my life because all those things tell me everything I need to know. It's who I want to be as a person. It tells me about the deeper sense of human connection and what I attract into my life is telling me how well I'm looking after myself because I'm going to attract what I am, who I are, who we are, right? So that would be the final thing for me, man, that be the reason that someone keeps going. I love that. Perfect closing note. Thanks again for tuning in, brothers. And yeah, we love you. Until the next time. Thank you, brother, for tuning into this episode. Be sure to look out for the next one. Share this with every single brother out there. It's time to find your tribe. If you need anything, just reach out and I will be there. Let's stay connected. It's time to awaken the sleeping lions. I love you.